Hi, I'm William Davis, and welcome to this gospel podcast. The message you're about to hear is entitled, The Anointing of Brokenness. The anointing of God comes for many purposes and in many ways, and one of these ways is through the trials that we don't understand. Now let's listen to this good word from the Lord. Lord, we give you praise, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your anointing, Lord, that breaks every yoke. Thank you, Lord God, you break every bondage, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that the anointing comes to heal and to save and to rescue, Lord God. We give you praise, Lord. I ask you to anoint me, Lord God, as I share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I am a little bit nervous, but I'll work through it and and give you what uh, the Lord has given me. The anointing of brokenness. The anointing of brokenness doesn't come easily because it uh, costs us a little bit of something. It uh, in the Old Testament we see it as an example that the Holy Ghost would just show up on somebody, they'd go do something, and I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to stay behind this whole thing, brother. (laughs) Would come on somebody, they'd go out and do some mighty work, and then come back and maybe be what they were before. That's the Old Testament Holy Ghost anointing. Now, in the New Testament, we can still have that as our calling. We're called to do something, and, and the Lord will anoint you to do it. But then there's an anointing that comes within, on the inside, and it's part of the making of the person, making of the man, making of the woman. And a part of that making process is a breaking process. Let's look in Matthew 26. You know, Christ, Jesus Christ stood tall in the face of his accusers, in the face of those who didn't receive him. But yet Jesus Christ, as a man, still had his time where he got away from the crowd. He went to the mountain to pray. He prayed all night to seek his Father's will. He was a man. He was a man who needed fellowship, relationship. And, you know, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Christ without measure. Yet the Bible says, greater works than these will you do. And so in Christ's humanity, we can gain strength and uh, gain a blessing and hope for ourselves. Let's, Let's look in Matthew 26. 36. The anointing of brokenness. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Stop here. Jesus took his prayer partners with him. He was about to endure something very difficult, that is the death of the cross, something that was not going to come easily, but he took with him his praying friends. Sometimes we need some praying friends to take with us uh, on our road to our Gethsemane, but we're going to see right here that uh, his praying friends fell asleep. Verse 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. His praying friends didn't know how serious the hour was. It was another day. You know, there's a lot of turmoil. But, um, eh, you know, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> hope, hope you're all right, Lord. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And then he found them asleep again. Verse 45, he comes to his disciples, says to them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Gethsemane means oil press. It was a place where there were probably uh, olive trees. And it was at the base of the place called the Mount of Olives. And in this place called Oil Press was Christ's place of great brokenness. The cross is where we get our salvation. The blood of Christ's cross. It wasn't in Gethsemane. For us, it was at that cross. But for Christ, there would have been no cross without the place where Christ was broken. Now, you'd think that Christ, Jesus, he always did his Father's will, right? He did. But he, he, had a flesh, he had a flesh body, not a sin nature, but still a flesh body that he had to contend with. So in the Old Testament... Let me just pick up with my notes here. The Old Testament, the anointing came on men. And in John 7:37, Christ said that the anointing will be not, the Holy Spirit will be with you and he will be in you. And in John 7:37, that it will be a river of water flowing out of your innermost being. Now, the anointing that comes with brokenness, like I said, is expensive. It comes at my own life's flesh expense. Now, sometimes it comes in a trial that I created. And I can do without those, but it happens. I've created a few oil press experiences that I got up from and said, you know, we could have just done all right without that. I would have been much better. And then there's some you can't help. You can't help the hurricane coming up and ripping the place up and messing up your yard and messing up your house and and, and your life and living somewhere without air conditioning and eating MREs. Okay? But um, And there's a lot worse things than not having power, too, that we go through in this life. And so, but it's out of that breaking experience that uh, the Holy Spirit has more room To operate in your heart. Guess what? Because the flesh kind of backs down a little bit. And the eyes look up and say, oh, Lord, um, our eyes are on you, like Pastor Steve was talking about a few weeks ago. Our eyes are on you, Lord. I I don't have the answer. I don't have the strength. In the crushing of your heart, then that anointing, and I know that different people have been preaching on the anointing, and I'm not going to go into details on the definitions, but the Holy Spirit flows out 
of a broken heart. Much easier than it does a proud heart. What does the Bible say? God resists the proud. Lord, anoint me because I am something else. Well, what do you think? You think, think I'm going to be anointed if I prayed that way before church? No, I said, oh, Lord, anoint me. All right, I'm being silly. I'm sorry. All right. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace is favor. Favor. Boy, favor spins better than a dollar bill does. Because if you've got favor, um, you're, you're going to uh, have whatever it is you need to meet the need. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. Now, remember, Christ is our example. Christ is our ultimate example of how a man dealt with his flesh and became broken. Hebrews 5, 7 through 8. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, or that is, because of his reverence, though he were a son... Yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Christ learned something. He wasn't just born here, showed up, knowing everything. He learned from some sufferings some things about obedience. One day when he was 12, he was excited about going into the ministry. But it wasn't his time yet. And uh, his mother and father said, uh, look, uh, what are you doing to us? Come on, uh, don't do this to us anymore. And, and from that point on, he submitted to his parents and what he was supposed to do. Even though he had a calling to, as God, God made flesh, Savior of the world, he submitted himself in the areas that were required of him. And, and there's some things required of us in submission. Now, I don't mean to someone who just wants to uh, rule your life, but in submission as far as preparation for what God wants us to do. That there are some lessons to be learned and sometimes suffering that we have to go through. Why? Because God doesn't want to use your old nasty old heart that's proud and won't uh, bend, won't bow, won't do anything. God needs a something pliable like that that, that potter that uh, takes the the clay, and, and it was marred in the hands of the potter, so he threw it against the wall, and, and as Jeremiah said, or Ezekiel, Jeremiah, uh, you know, hey, what's this? The Lord says, this is the house of Israel, but you know what I can do with them? What I want, it was marred in my hands, I can pick it up, form it, be what I want, vessel of honor. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's brokenness. In this world, we will have Tribulation. Anybody know the next line? Yes. That's good news, isn't it? Even in my brokenness, the trial comes and I don't know, is it going to end? What's going to happen here? I've, I've lost my sense of direction, Lord. I don't know if this is for good or if this is for bad. I don't know if the devil's beating me up or if God's leading me through a trial. Okay? 
Jesus said, in this world, he didn't give us understanding on what it is exactly, but in this world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 17 through 28. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 17. And of children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also, that we, that we may be also glorified together. You get in on both of them. You get in on the resurrection and the glorification and the, the, the strength of God, but you also, there's some suffering involved. Now, we're not going to glorify the suffering that we cause on ourselves by disobedience. Peter says, if you suffer as a Christian, okay, but if you suffer as an evildoer, well, you don't get any praise for that. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not worthy. It ain't nothing. When we get to heaven, what was that that happened for 70 years? Don't know, but praise God. Feels good in God's presence. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Let's move down here to verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You talk about anointing? Let the Holy Spirit take care of the anointing. And you just show up, open your mouth. Jesus said, don't worry about that day, what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will do the work for you. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Jesus makes intercession for me, and the Holy Spirit is doing the praying through me. Sounds like a good time to just submit to God and let Him uh, have His work. Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11, please. You get lots of practice turning in your Bible. Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. Remember, this is Christ, our ultimate example. Let this mind... Be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That verse relates to the um, the deity of Christ, the godness of Christ. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Can you imagine God's eternal word that was spoken to create the universe one day, as it says here, being found in fashion as a man. One day, I found myself in the fashion of a man. When he was eternal without uh, beginning, and as he prayed to the Father uh, later on, you know, the, in the book of John, the glory that I had with you, uh, reveal that glory and let me be, take part of that glory. He found himself, well, I'm in the fashion of a man. What, what, what has happened here? I'm somebody. But it says here, 
he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And I just wrote here as I was reading this, when you know you are somebody, but accept being nobody. And that's what Christ did. He did that for our sake. Without the blood, there would be no anointing. There wouldn't be any Holy Spirit presence. Lord, we, we enjoyed your presence. People in the Old Testament, they didn't go down to the temple and, unless the glory of God fell and they all fell backwards. They just went to the temple, offered up their lamb and their uh, goat or whatever they had. And Okay, well, you know, the priest says we're okay now. But now we have a new and living way. Through a great high priest, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses sins and brings us near unto God. Isaiah 57, please. So we want to be anointed. I want to be anointed in what I do for God. Uh, I'm... I've joined up, and I'm a servant in God's kingdom now. I'm not living for myself. I'm not getting up every day just to take care of me. I'm getting up and thinking about, Lord, what's the next step? What's next in the plan? What else am I going to do for you? And so it takes an anointing to do that. And Isaiah 57:15 says this, For thus says the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, neither will I be always wroth, for the spirit should fail before me, and the souls which I have made. Verse 18, I have seen his ways, and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. Where does God live? That verse, first verse. Someone tell me. He lives in a high and holy place. And where else? Everybody's hearts. With him also that is of a contrite, and humble spirit. I don't get fellowship with God um, being full of myself. You ever been full of yourself? Probably some others noticed it before you did. And God surely notices it. But you know what? When I'm broken, I can look up and say, Lord, I'm willing to let you have your way. I'm willing to do what you want me to do, Lord. And uh, that's something God can work with. Brokenness yields compassion. And you cannot pray for somebody without compassion. Now, you can say, Lord, help them. Amen. But an intercessor, the one who stands between the devil and the person, right, has to have compassion for that person. And you can't intercede without compassion. And compassion comes from brokenness. So whatever it is, maybe if you're enduring something difficult, you don't understand. Even if it was brought on by your own self, God understands. 
And God wants to make some brokenness so that he can use you. He revives the spirit of the contrite even to, uh, to raise you up and to make something out of you and out of me. You cannot intercede without compassion. And I remember as a younger man, I would get on my knees and I would feel a burden to pray and desire to pray. And, uh, but, I, but I just couldn't get anywhere. I just I tried and I didn't get anywhere. Well, after a few years and some difficulties and some brokenness, I got some compassion. And when I get on my knees and pray, I remember my own pain. And I remember the God who brought me out. And then when I pray for that person, you did the same for me, Lord. I know you can do it for them. Thank you, Lord. You're big. You're good. You can do it. And I believe it. The Bible says that the children of Israel were afflicted and that God was afflicted with them. That's in uh, Isaiah 63, verse 9. God was afflicted. In all their affliction. The end result of brokenness is strength. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Starting with verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for in my strength is made perfect, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm going to read that again. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Mm. Wow. I should have just read this one and just left it here, and we all should have just thought about it for a while. Let's think about it right now. Something that's making me upset. Lord says, my grace is sufficient. My strength is going to make, be made perfect in your weakness. You want to be strong, but why don't you let the strength of Christ, the power of Christ, rest on you? We're talking about the anointing of brokenness. And it says here that he takes pleasure in all these things so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. doesn't seem like Paul was lacking in power too much. He showed up and he did some business for God. But he said, I've got some infirmities, some things I'm lifting up to God. And God says, well, it's making me flow through you a little bit better, a little bit more. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, and I'm coming to the close. Jeremiah 31, verse 1. If anyone knew anything about brokenness 
and infirmities and the like. It was Jeremiah. What was his nickname? Anybody know? Weeping prophet. That's right. He was weeping because he saw his country called by God, anointed by God, about to get taken captive by the heathen. And he, if, I don't know if anybody else is preaching the gospel. It really doesn't say here, but he's trying to give them some words from the Lord, and nobody's listening to him. And then here near the end of the book, God gives a little uh, grace and a little light. Verse 1, At the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. In the midst of just difficulty and distress and not understanding, God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And it says in verse 12, Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord, for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd. And their soul shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. At the end of brokenness, the sorrow, your heart, you know, another example of your heart is this soil that the seed of the word is planted in and it grows up. And then the vine dresser comes along and trims it up. And we say, oh, Lord, you're not cutting me off. No, I'm trimming you, trimming you up so you can grow more fruit. Well, in this, the end of brokenness is your heart that's like a watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. I just came to tell you that in the process of getting anointed, being anointed, fulfilling God's call on your life, yes, ma'am, please, um, there's some brokenness, there's some sorrow, there's some stuff I don't care for. But you know what? God knows who I am. He knows who you are. He knows the good and the bad, and uh, he can make it right. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, Lord God. We seek your anointing, Lord. Lord, we seek understanding, Lord, in our trials and difficult times. But we also trust in you, God. We trust in you when we don't know what to do, when we don't understand, Lord. We lean on you. And the Bible says that underneath are the everlasting arms. Lord God, anoint us to endure, Lord. Give us patience to endure, Lord God, so that as we're made and we're molded and we're broken, Lord God, we can be anointed. Thank you, Lord God. Now, you can keep your head bowed, and uh, Pastor Steve has asked us to, to conduct the altar service as well. Is there anyone who's going through... Uh, a difficult trial that you don't understand the end of the thing. You don't know why. If you'd like to come up here and I'm going to pray with you. Just come and stand here. And uh, I'm going to pray with you. And uh, we're going to have Pastor Steve and, and whoever his elders are to come uh, pray with me. So if you're going through something that uh, you don't know what to do, you don't know why, 
But I just want to tell you that God knows, and He hasn't forsaken you, and He never leaves us alone. Brother, what's your name? Ricky? Lord, I pray for Ricky right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I ask that you would give him understanding where he doesn't understand. Give him strength where he doesn't have strength, Lord God. Let him know that the righteousness of Christ is being perfected in him. Thank you, Lord God. We rebuke the devil, Lord God, off of his mind that brings confusion. We thank you, Lord God, for your love, Lord God. Lord, I ask that you will continue to walk with him in the storm, Lord God, where he doesn't understand, Lord, giving strength and grace and peace, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, the love of God. You draw us in with loving kindness, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your love, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I ask that you touch Pastor Steve, Lord, in Jesus' name. We touch and agree on this matter in the name of Jesus. We take strength from each other, Lord God, and pray in the name of Jesus. I hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like more information about my ministry, you can go to William Davis Gospel Ministry.com. That's William Davis Gospel Ministry.com. Thank you very much for being a part. God bless you.